Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thank you for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Today we're going to meet the toy guy. No, not Santa, but someone who might be giving him some great information. Also, we'll be hearing how you can stay safe while shopping this holiday season, avoiding scams. Two organizations that help others are here to tell us how we can help them. The American Red Cross and the USO. Starting us off, Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre has your invitation to their presentation of the musical version, A Christmas Story. Here's David Parmalee. It's time for the holidays, and of course, Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, David, is all ready. What you got? Oh, my gosh, Paula, good things coming up. We try every Christmas to present something special for the entire family. And several times we have done a Christmas carol, which, of course, is the perennial favorite. But we didn't want to do it every year. So we have worked hard to find presentations, musical or non-musical, shows we can put on at Christmas. And this year we are doing the musical adaptation of what is now an iconic American film from 1983, A Christmas Story. You're right. It's iconic. So you're going going to transform Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre into into (laughs) Ralphie's house. You're going to have the dogs. You're going to have the lamp. Oh, it's going to be spectacular. Well, Paul, I have to say I'm not directly involved in the production, but I do have the responsibility for making the late lamp. Props is something I dearly love. If you have a good prop and you can make it work, that's a lot of fun. And of course, most of them are kind of made in the basement workshop. You're so going to you're going, wait, 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 stop, <laughs> stop. You're going to make a leg lamp? Oh, yes. We're putting that together. Uh, we, we ordered parts from various sources and uh, it should look pretty glamorous. And we can only hope that it is not too fragile and that it lasts the run of the show. Do you have a model for the leg? Well, you actually buy them. And I remember going through places like the Boston store, and perhaps they still do this. In the hosiery department, you would have that single leg standing on tiptoe. And they make them. It's a uh, traditional store display. And uh, the rest is up to the prop department. Well, I think I think this one should come with the tag on it that says made by David. (laughs) (laughs) The smallest contribution to a big production. 
And I think again, that's wonderful. And what about the bumpuses? We going to have yep. we can have dogs on the set. Well, you know, when we did Annie in 2018, we had a wonderful dog who played Sandy, but 118 smelly hounds, or however he describes them, is not our cup of tea. So I, I think they will be reduced to a sound effect. Well, that's probably... No, no uh, actual dogs, yeah, but some that, wonderful kids. You know, W.C. Field said, never work with children or animals because they will always upstage you. And we've got some kids who I think are ready to upstage some of the adults, Ralphie, Randy, and their classmates and friends. Oh, absolutely. That's going to be so much fun because, again, everybody waits for it every year. And how timely that it wasn't that long ago that the actual house really went on sale. And uh, the, the famous address, Cleveland Street, the film was made in 1983 uh, based on a story written by that great American humorist, Gene Shepard, and some collaborators. In 1966. So that house is definitely a piece of Americana. And I think of the whole story and film and now the musical version as a a piece of Americana. It captures things that at least folks my age uh, can remember pretty clearly about small town life, family life, the things we sort of went through, the rituals, kids. Uh, passed through growing up and a lot of the American Christmas traditions. So unlike A Christmas Carol, which is very British, after all, Charles Dickens, uh, this is a a Christmas story aptly named for the American taste and the American family experience, a real piece of Americana. So we're enjoying that part of it. And is there anything else that Little Theater has coming up too? Well, yes, uh, this is actually the final production of our 100th season, and we have just had a tremendous season, uh, both in terms of theater. I think the productions have been outstanding, but also the audiences who have come back in huge numbers after the COVID shutdown not so long ago, where we were dark for almost 18 months. And the community has supported us with, with fundraisers, our gala in September, Uh, donations from charitable institutions and philanthropists, as well as individuals uh, to to help keep our theater thriving and running and also to contribute to our capital campaign. Because in our grand old building, we've got to make some improvements. And people have been just phenomenal. I mean, it feels like a, a big warm hug that lasted for a year. So now that the 100th season will be coming to a close, we have our 101st coming up. And I think a, a pretty good slate of productions, which starts out with another classic tale in a very, very different vein. Ha ha, Dracula. So that'll be next January uh, going into the first week of February. I want to back up just a hair because I understand that you were also uh, recipients from the American Rescue Plan in Wilkesbury. Congratulations on that oh. as well. Thank you. It was it was an, uh, a joy to meet with the mayor. Uh, he was at our season reveal uh, a year ago. It was a year ago, almost uh, exactly, uh, where he came to our theater and presented us with a proclamation. And we, we, he looked at some possible resources that could help us out for our capital campaign. And that's been a very major one. So we're very, very grateful to the mayor's office and to the city. So now we are starting the 101st season with Dracula. Amazing. 
So before we get into any more about that, give us the details about this season. And this iconic production is going to be so much fun. Well, we think so too. And it's a production anyone can enjoy. So bring everybody, bring the grandparents, bring the grandkids, bring everyone. It opens on Friday, December 9th and runs through the 18th. And as usual, we're running Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. And Sunday matinees at 3 for those who prefer to come during the day. And this is the musical adaptation of it. This is a a team of uh, lyricists and composers named Pasek and Paul who've been working together for several years. And they've developed uh, some some very well-known things, including films, into Broadway musicals. So this is their version of it. And what is Dracula going to be? Dracula is an adaptation written by an American producer in 1924, so almost 100 years ago, who saw a British production, a stage play based on Bram Stoker's 1897 novel that everybody knows. And he saw that at a theater in London called The Little Theater, ironically, brought uh, back to America and staged it here on Broadway for the first time 100 years ago. So there have been very uh, many adaptations of Dracula, as you could imagine. But that's the one we chose for the 101st season. And that'll be a play without music. Uh, Dracula the musical could be pretty interesting, but this is not a musical. It's a traditional play. Okay. And we'll be hearing more about that. And can you divulge any more of the 101st season, or are we keeping that under wraps a little bit? No, we we actually did reveal it at our uh, September 23rd gala celebration, our 100th gala. And it's got a wide variety of things for just about everybody. Uh, We will be doing Grease, which we haven't done since, I think, 1984, uh, followed by, in the springtime, a clever and witty play written by the great Steve Martin called Picasso at the La Panagio. In the late spring and summer, June into July, uh, the adults will be doing The Wizard of Oz, the, the classic Broadway adaptation of the uh, the Frank Baum novel, and of course, the well-known Hollywood film from the 1930s. And then our youth workshop, our young actors on the same set will perform their version of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, in September, we've got the Golden Age Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel, uh, which has been named by many critics as the best musical of the 20th century. And it's been a long time since we staged that one. Uh, the first time was in 1954, actually, we did Carousel. That was done at the Iron Temple, followed by Rocky Horror, the ninth version at Halloween. And then next Christmas, a year from today, we'll be talking about a United States premiere of a Canadian adaptation with music of Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's been done in Canada, but never in this country before. So we are looking forward to that when we've talked with the author and hopefully he'll make his way down here to see his U.S. premiere. Excellent. We can always trust Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre to have wonderful productions uh, all year round. And one more time, where are we going to find Ralphie and company and the David Parmalee leg? <laughs> the leg lamp, the bumpuses, the famous turkey, the bad Santa 
Ralphie the Flagpole. It'll all be on stage December 9th through 18th with music, Fridays and Saturdays at 8, Sunday matinees at 9. And to get tickets, all you have to do is call our box office and we'll take care of you. 570-823-1875. Or like most people, if you prefer to choose your seat and reserve online, you can do that right now. Uh, tickets are $25. Uh, you can choose your seat online today and find out uh, where you'll be sitting to see the show. Thanks once again to David Parmalee with Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre and your invitation to the musical version of A Christmas Story. Coming up next, service organizations help us all year round. How can we help at holiday time? A representative of the American Red Cross and the USO will be here to tell us on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now we're going to talk to two different representatives from two different service organizations who help all year round, and now we can help them at holiday time. We'll be meeting Brad Kaiserman from the American Red Cross, but starting off with Dr. J.D. Crouch II. He's CEO and president of the USO, here to tell us how we can help service members deployed this holiday season. Dr. Crouch, we hear an awful lot about our service members and we thank them always for their service, but you are going to tell us about the USO, which sometimes we don't hear as much about, but you're right there in the middle of everything. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we have 250 locations all over the world, Paula, but right now we're really focused on Eastern Europe. Uh, There are about 20,000 Americans who have deployed through Eastern Europe for the first time since uh, the Ukraine war started. Uh, And so uh, I was just recently out there and got to meet with proud members of our 82nd Airborne and 101st Airborne. You'd be very proud of them. But it's going to be a rough winter for them, Paula, because uh, they're in very isolated areas and it's going to be long, dark and cold. Yeah, they've really been hit by so much, especially with the power grid and so many of the other things. And you said that you just came back from there. What was your impression? Well, the, you know, our mission, we're, we're not in Ukraine. We're on the uh, uh, allied side of the border. That's uh, places like Poland, Romania, Latvia. Uh, and, and we're there doing three things. Uh, we're helping to deter uh, any cross-border aggression. We're helping to support the Ukrainians, and we're doing training and exercises. So uh, it's a a very vital mission. But at the same time, uh, it can be kind of a boring time, right, Uh, particularly when as things get dark and cold and they get into the holiday season and they're away from their loved ones. And so we try to bring a little bit of home to them by having USO centers in those areas and getting out into the field with them, bringing them a warm meal. Uh, bringing them care packages and things like that. Well, obviously, I know many of our listeners who are hearing you talk today are saying, I wish I could do something. I can't be there. So it seems like we're so far away. Are there things that we can do? Sure. You know, first of all, uh, I would say if if you're in an airport this year and you see a service member moving around, they may be going there, you know. So walk up to them, say something, uh, thank them for their service, talk to them. But you can also go to uso.org forward slash support to learn how you can support what the USO is doing in those areas. Uh, And, you know, there are opportunities to volunteer uh, uh, here on on stateside. We have have a a lot of support we provide for the families 
left behind, but also we rely on the generous donations of Americans to do what we do overseas. And so there's ways you can support in that way as well. And you were mentioning some of the challenges, especially for, you know, just the idea of being there and seeing what's happening. And also the families back home, that must filter back over here because they're hearing from their loved ones over there. So that must have an impact even here at home that we don't realize. Sure. Well, everyone knows what it's like to be separated at the holidays, right? I mean, and, and you, you, you got snowed in and you didn't make that flight, you know. Uh, well, they're, they're going to be snowed in and, and they're not going to be in a position to be with their loved ones. And so that, that's going to be tough. This time of year is always harder than other times of year. And because the deployments, Paula, are not accompanied, that means their, their families don't go with them. Uh, their families will be left home. They'll be left in, at bases in Georgia or Pennsylvania or Michigan or wherever it is. And so the USO facilities on those bases will also be doing special holiday programming for the families, for the children, for the spouses, to keep them connected as a community, to keep them strong. That's really what we are all about. And again, a lot of times people don't hear so much about the USO, but the USO has been there for how many years? Since 1941, we have been providing services. You know, one of the things I always tell people, back back in 1941, we had volunteers who were writing letters for service members back home to their sweethearts. Now we have Wi-Fi in our centers in Poland so they can stay connected to their sweethearts. It's a different technology, but it's the same mission, connecting them to family, home, and country. And again, when we're talking about all of this, again, we must have people in our immediate area here in Northeast Pennsylvania who, if they are not in that particular area, are still experiencing the same thing. So I think everybody can agree and understand exactly what these service members in Eastern Europe are going through. Because again, we know they're there, but as you said, they're kind of you know, working on the other side of things. Yeah. You know, we did a recent survey, uh, Paula, and 86% of the American people that we surveyed said that we should be supporting service members when they're deployed overseas. And and that, I, that was very heartening to me. It, it means that they may not know exactly how to do it, but they understand the importance of it. And that's why the USO was created over 80 years ago. So you can go to uso.org forward slash support to find out how you can help. All right, Dr. Crouch, I'm going to give you the last word here today as we're talking about this. And again, uh, if you can just reiterate how people can go about helping from here and not seem like it is so far away because... We're experiencing these kind of things here as well. And anything else that you would suggest that we would be able to do? Well, I, I just, as I said, in the holiday season, you'll see people traveling around. Make sure you say hello to service members. Make sure that you know that they've, you've got, they've, they know that you've got your support. And, and the other thing is help donate some time to a charity. Uh, USO is a great one to do that to or, or help to donate some resources to the charities that are supporting our service members, and their families. And that website, once again? USO.org forward slash support. 
thanks once again to Dr. J.D. Crouch II, CEO and President of the USO, telling us how we can help our service members deployed this holiday season. And you can find out more by logging on to uso.org support. Another service organization who helps people in need, the American Red Cross. Brad Kaiserman is Vice President of Disaster Operations and Logistics, and he's here to tell us how we can help them. And Brad has an interesting tie to Northeast Pennsylvania. It's how he got his start with the American Red Cross. Brad Kaiserman, you are Disaster Operations and Logistics, American Red Cross. Wow. You're you're responsible for so much. What have you seen so far this year, which is we're wrapping up on? Well, I have to tell you, this year just continues to be uh, one of the string of years where we're seeing near constant extreme weather disasters. Um, I would say 2022 has really been a crisis for families and communities all over the country. We've had at least 15 of these extreme weather disasters in the United States, which includes Hurricane Ian, and we have over 500 Red Cross volunteers this morning in Florida um, who are responding to Ian today. And Ian's looking like it's going to be one of the most costly disasters in U.S. history. And that's just one of these 15 really big disasters we've had back-to-back uh, this year. And it's not just here. You're talking global as well. That's right. Uh, flooding in Pakistan. Uh, we're all aware of it's the ongoing conflict in the Ukraine but all over the world, we're seeing these extreme weather disasters, and those, of course, are happening concurrently uh, with some of the, the chronic conflict issues we see. And so the Red Cross internationally is really in all of these locations helping people cope with whatever challenges they face. And I know here in Northeast Pennsylvania, we are not without our own, and many of them happen locally, and we hear the Red Cross being called out in order to help with housing in a fire situation, etc. So when people think of the Red Cross, sometimes they think, Brad, globally or throughout the country, but it's right here in our own backyard. Well, it is. And Paul, I have to tell you a quick story. Um, I'm in the American Red Cross uh, because of uh, because of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So uh, my mother and her family uh, grew up in Wilkes-Barre. And when I was 10 years old, I went with my parents to recover my grandparents who had been really badly impacted by Hurricane Agnes. And I know many of your listeners uh, will either remember Agnes or have heard of Agnes. Um, but uh, the Red Cross was there to help my grandparents after that disaster. And I never forgot that. And so when I had the opportunity uh, to become part of the American Red Cross, I really jumped at it as, as my chance to give back. But you're right. You know, we respond to 60,000 home fires a year across the country. There's Red Cross volunteers uh, rolling up to somebody's house when the firefighters are out there rolling up the hoses and the homes burn down. You know, if you've ever had that happen to you, you'll never forget that that smell and that experience. There's Red Cross volunteers there every night putting a blanket around the family and helping them get settled, giving them some financial assistance, and then making sure they get connected with resources so that they can begin their recovery. And we do that 60,000 times a year in home fires, and then we do it hundreds of times of years in these extreme weather disasters that we face. 
Well, I have to say, you just left me speechless with the thread to Wilkesbury and Hurricane Agnes. Who sometimes, Brad, you just never know who you're going to end up speaking with. I uh, I saw that we were listed to talk, and I uh, I just wanted to make sure I uh, I did a I did a shout out for for Wilkesbury. Um, the uh, Red Cross took great care of my grandparents in that time, and uh, I've seen the Red Cross since then uh, take great care of everyone's families, loved ones, communities. And just keep in mind, the the Red Cross is you. The Red Cross is us. Anybody can put on a red vest and join the Red Cross. Well, that's one of the things that I would like to also talk to you about, because, again, we have the giving season coming up and donations, but it's not only monetary donations. It's the donation of time. And I'm sure in this case, that would be invaluable. Absolutely. You know, let me just take a moment to thank our incredible volunteers and our donors, many of whom are in Northeast Pennsylvania, who make our life-saving mission possible. I mean, volunteers really are the lifeblood of the Red Cross. Ninety percent of our entire workforce are volunteers. So folks can learn more about how they can support their community as a volunteer by visiting redcross.org. They can also donate money uh, on Giving Tuesday or any day of the year by going to redcross.org. And every single donation makes a difference in someone's life. I can tell you that from personal experience. You know, $2 provides an hour of sheltered care for one person. $200 provides a full day of and food and shelter to a family of four. And then last but not least, we need blood donations every day of the year. And so, especially during this busy holiday season. So folks can schedule a blood donation appointment or sign up to become a volunteer or donate money by going to redcross.org. And you did mention Giving Tuesday. And of course, there are many people who are sitting back and thinking, well, somebody else will do it. But I think in the position that you're in, Brad, that doesn't necessarily always happen, correct? That's absolutely right. And I I just, I want to emphasize for your listeners just the operating environment we're in today. You know, back in the 1980s, 1970s, Hurricane Agnes struck. The United States was experiencing three really big billion dollar, billion dollar plus disasters a year. Three a year. In the past five years, we're averaging 18 a year. Paul, we are initiating a new major disaster response about once every two weeks. And the families and communities we're encountering, you know, there are people who were, you know, struggling to pay their bills, dealing with food insecurity, living in substandard housing, coping with chronic health needs before the disaster. And then the disaster strikes, and it's really the thing that can push them over the edge. And it's critical for the Red Cross to be there every day, every night, to help people not fall over that edge when disaster strikes. And that's why we need uh, your listeners' help with volunteers, blood donations, and financial support. And the other thing, it'll never happen to me. Right. Right. As uh, as I learned firsthand uh, several times, I'm afraid, in my life, beginning with my grandparents when I was 10 years old, we're all, every one of us is vulnerable to disaster. And frankly, just given some of the changes that we're seeing in this extreme weather situation, more and more people are being affected by disasters. You know, in the past 10 years, 90% of counties in the United States have received major disaster declarations from the federal government, 90%. So it, it could happen to you. Well, and we've also seen that it's happening in areas that have never really had 
those kind of events happen before. And that, again, people take for granted because it can happen because of so many things that are happening in the climate and weather conditions, et cetera. So, Brad, it's so, go it's ahead. so true. Yeah, really true. No, it's so true. I mean, I, I spent uh, I spent a lot of time in Kentucky over the last 18 months because uh, Kentucky's been hit three times in the past 18 months with major tornadoes and floods that have done devastating damage in eastern Kentucky, western Kentucky, and it's back to back to back, this repetitive loss. And I have just seen the impact that this, this has on families and communities. Uh, and I will say this, despite all this heartbreak that I'm seeing in Kentucky and all over the country, the resilience of disaster survivors never ceases to amaze me. Time and time again, families who have lost nearly everything step up to care for others in their community. So again, even more reason uh, to support your American Red Cross on Giving Tuesday. All right. And now, of course, that's going to carry into the holiday season. And if you wouldn't mind, Brad, just to keep, again, our listeners safe, they like to make donations. People go online and the scammers are out there. So we don't want anybody to run into those problems. How can they do it so that they know that their donation will get to you? Just go to redcross.org. Uh, that's online and click the donate button. And you can rest assured that if you're operating that way, if you do that at redcross.org, Every dollar you provide will go to help someone who is in need, um, and we'd be very grateful for that. And also, if you want to learn to be a volunteer, redcross.org, or schedule a blood donation, redcross.org. Brad, anything else that you would like to leave with our listeners? I'd just like to thank your uh, listeners who are Red Cross volunteers, your listeners who are Red Cross blood donors, and your listeners who have supported or will support the American Red Cross with their financial support. Uh, we're really, really grateful for that. And we're grateful for the compassion that we see every day all around the country from people and communities really pouring out to support their neighbors in need. Uh, so I wish you and your listeners a really happy, healthy holiday season. You never know who has ties to Northeast Pennsylvania. That's Brad Kaiserman with the American Red Cross. Up next, not getting scammed and the toy guy on special edition. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Have a great holiday. Don't get scammed. Here's Kathy Stokes. She's AARP's Director of Fraud Prevention Programs, and she has great information. Kathy Stokes is here from AARP, the Director of Fraud Prevention Programs. Kathy, you are a wealth of information, and let's get right to it. It's holiday time. People are out buying, shopping. What's one of the things we should start looking for to be careful? 
Well, there's a whole lot because scammers have really upped their game. A lot of it happens online. It also happens in brick and mortar stores. But uh, the one thing that I'm just, I continue to be shocked about is the, 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 the fraud that's happening with gift cards. When you buy a gift card and give it to a friend or a relative, you expect that gift card to have money on it. But we learned that 26% of, of us have experienced giving or receiving a gift card that ended up not having any balance on it. Now, of course, some of that could be, you know, an error at the, at the cash register. But we also know that scammers go into stores, they manipulate the cards, they wait for them to get um, uh, purchased, and then they, they drain the funds. Now they're using bots that go online trolling for gift cards with value on them and, and stealing them that way. I'm that just fascinated me when you told me about this before and how high tech they are. So what can we do? Well, you know, I, I, sh- I don't want to say don't buy gift cards. I mean, because everybody loves them. But there are some things you can do if you're going to buy them off the rack. You know, try to pull the one at the uh, back of the rack because um, maybe they didn't get to that one if they were in that store. You know, chances are they probably weren't. But when you see the numbers and then if you're going to um, you, you could buy one online right from the retailer, that seems to be uh, a pretty safe bet. But once you get that card, if you're if you're a recipient, Go online, check the balance, take a picture of that balance in case um, it goes away before you purchase it, then maybe you have a case to make for getting that money back. And if you can, register it and use it sooner than later. We tend not to use these for a long time, sometimes never. And it's just a lot of money wasted. Wow, that just totally blows me away whenever you talk about that. So along the same lines then, a lot of people are now using apps in order to transfer money from one person to another. How do we stay safe if they're doing that with gift cards? Well, the peer-to-peer payment apps are typically connected to your bank account. So the risk there is if you are dealing uh, with somebody who you're going to uh, buy something off of them and then never send it to you, um, you know, that money's gone and you're not protected the way a credit card would be protected. Same goes if you're, um, if you send money and you intend to put in, you know, 5370 and you hit 5379 and that money goes, you're dependent on the goodwill of the person who received it in there to give that money back to you. And we know a lot of people are using peer-to-peer payment apps and 53% of users say they'll use it during the holiday season. You just have to know the fraud risk and that they don't have the credit card protections um, that can protect you in the, in the event of fraud or, um, you know, anything going wrong with that purchase. All right. So all of that online and immediately people say, well, I just won't do anything online. I'll go to brick and mortar stores. So what can happen there? Well, I mean, the, the issue we talked about with gift cards can happen there. Um, and and it's, it, I know it sounds really scary to be online, but there are things that we can do to protect ourselves when they're out there. And, and one of them is, you know, don't click that ad that you see on social media or on your web browser that says that, you know, 70% off the hot ticket item, because it could be real, but it also could be taking you to a page that looks like a real retail website and it's asking you to log in and you've just given the scammer your credentials or worse, you get malicious software dropped down onto your device and they're going to be um, logging your keystrokes to try to steal your usernames and passwords for all of your accounts. 
So don't click on links, go right to the website by typing in the, the company name into your web browser. Um, avoid clicking on links and emails and texts for the same reason. And very importantly, keep your devices updated as well as your antivirus software. Make sure it's running, make sure that you're not missing any updates because quite often those updates are to patch a known vulnerability. You mentioned the uh, emails and that's another thing that I've been noticing in the emails that I've been receiving because if I went through and clicked on all of the ones, I would have a house full of free stuff that I had won or had been given. So that's another thing. People are getting so clever with the way that they send these things. Is there any way to tell whether it's real or not? Well, there are some things you can do. If you're in your email on your computer, it doesn't really work if you're on your phone, but you can hover over the uh, email address of the sender and you can see if there are extraneous letters in there or it looks like it's coming from somebody other than what is uh, what is being said there that it's sending from. Um, anything that suggests urgency is uh, probably going to be a scam. You know, you get that email from Amazon and says, hey, we weren't able to, um, uh, we missed something on your account, the payment's off or something, so we're going to cancel everything that you have. And at this time of year, you're probably having a lot of purchases and you're going to freak out and you're going to say, don't worry, just click on this link and we'll fix it. You know, we can fix it together. Well, that's that's a complete scam. It'll take you to an Amazon-like page and, and that's where all the horror begins. So, um, you know, even though it looks like it's coming from the company you know and trust, just don't click the link. Go to Amazon.com. Go to Walmart.com yourself. Type in those letters um, and avoid the the, uh, the scammers that try to get in between you and the, and the legitimate retailer. And I hate to even think that this is possible, but in this day, I guess we have to look at this as well. People like to give to charity. They like to make donations during the holidays. Where are the where are the watch things there? That's just awful. Yeah, we so our survey looks back at last year and, and consumers told us that last year 29% of us received a request for a donation to a charity that seemed fake are fraudulent and that's not insignificant. And it's this time of year when the scammers are knowing that we're going to open up our hearts and our wallets. So they set up, uh, they'll either set up a charity that is only giving them money. um, So it looks legitimate or they entirely make it up. And either way, the money is not going where you want it to go. So um, really refrain from the immediacy of wanting to act now, take a step back, do a little bit of research. If you're online, there are three or four really good websites where you can look to see if it's legit, how much of the money is actually going to the uh, charitable cause, charitynavigator.org, charitywatch.org. And the Better Business Bureau has, uh, it's called a Wise Giving Alliance at give.org. Um, and you can also say, you know what, I've made my decisions uh, for, for who I'm supporting. Um, thank you. Goodbye. Probably a very good thing. Goodbye and no, very important words. So when people are looking for more information, because you always have, as I said, a wealth of information when it comes to all these different things and you keep up on top of them, which is amazing. Where can people go? Uh, We have a really great uh, educational uh, spot on the web at aarp.org slash 
Fraud Watch Network when you're there. Sign up for our watchdog alerts. You can get emails or texts every other week. We only send something every other week, but it's what's going on, what's the latest scam. So you can just sort of be uh, present, recognizing that it's there all the time. And we have to just understand that. And if you've been victimized or you're not sure of something, call the Fraud Watch helpline. You don't have to be a member of AARP and it's free to everybody. And that's 877-908-3360. Kathy, anything else that maybe we've left out before I have to let you go? You know, these uh, scams aren't being done by some guy in his mom's basement making phone calls or lurking on the web. This is the the space of uh, criminal uh, activity, transnational criminal enterprises. Understand what we're up against. This is a very serious scourge, and we need to be taking this more serious as a country because people are losing so much. Thanks, Kathy. And you can always learn more at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. No, it's not Santa, but I think Santa gets some of his ideas from Chris Byrne. He's the toy guy. How does a fellow get to be the toy guy? You know, you keep showing up and playing with toys, and sooner or later they let you do it for a living. (laughs) I used to do that, and well, we won't go there. So here we are. There's so much to talk about, so little time. First of all, we're hearing about cost. Everybody's worried about the cost of things. So what say you about that as far as toys are concerned? Well, you know, it's really interesting because toys are only up about 7% over last year. And to put that into context, toys usually rise between 3 and 4% every year. So it's not that great an increase. And, you know, parents are, are certainly willing to spend for toys. And, and what we've seen overall is a lot of great value built into the toys. And, you know, some of the, even the, most, the hottest toys, are less expensive than they were even 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's a that's a step in the right direction. So now a lot of parents and other folks, grandparents who are out there spending say, well, can't find it in the store, going to get it online. But now we're hearing about shipping issues. But the shipping issues have, have largely worked their way through. The one thing you want to do when you're shopping online is check the delivery date. It's really probably the most important thing you can do because, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, you get it at a great price, but it's not going to ship till December 20th. Uh, that's too anxiety provoking. And the other thing not to do, I think, is don't buy from a third party seller that's marked something way up. You, you know, it's always it's always a challenge. The good news is you can find things, but the bad news is you might have to pay a premium for them. All right. Let's get right to it, because I know I've been looking over the website and which is where where tell everybody it's the toyguy.com we've been we've been looking at toys all year long we we picked some of the ones that we think are going to be really uh compelling for a lot of young kids all right well start us off so many but we're going to start with the play-doh kitchen creations ultimate ice cream truck playset whenever hasbro and play-doh do something with food it sells out and this is a food truck that stands about three feet tall. It's got all kinds of different make-believe Play-Doh ice cream you can do, and it's really, really super fun. Plus, everything stores inside, which is which is great for parents. And then Arts and Crafts continues to be a huge uh, trend this year. The Crayola Light-Up Tracing Pad. It's a tablet. It's about, I don't know, it's about 11 by 14, maybe a little smaller, and it's got a light in it, so you can put a piece of paper down, you can trace over it, and then you can create artwork with it. Great, and kids feel very successful. It's about twenty four ninety nine, and one other, uh, the House Monsters from Lukey Lab. This is a collection of eight monsters 
that help kids, you know, master things like they might be afraid of the monster under the bed. But we've got Whirly, who's the monster in the washing machine, and Blushy, who's the monster in the bathroom. Really super cute. They're about eighteen ninety nine each. And let's stay with the, uh, the the theory of the dolls for a while. Of course, we've come a long way since the, the dolls that I used to play with. What are some of the hot ones there? Well, probably one of the hottest ones is out there is called the Fresh Dolls. And this is was created by Dr. Lisa Williams in the world of EPI. And a couple of years ago, I hunted her down. I really did it because I wanted to talk to her about what she's doing with diversity and authentic skin colors and hairstyles and fashion. And she's really doing a lot that's very, very reinforcing for young children of color and, and really for everyone. They're beautiful dolls. The, uh, the new Fresh Finity collection and Fresh Squad, they've got women and, and men, uh, $17.99 to $39.99. Really, really super line. And I love when everything old is new again. Tamagotchi! Absolutely, Tamagotchi, but this time it's Nano, which is a smaller. It's, I would say it's probably about a third the size of the original. It's got handheld games, all kinds of great stuff. Disney Pixar's Toy Story is one. Uh, Tiny Tan, which is the animated characters based on uh, the, the rock group BTS, the, the K-pop group uh, BTS. Super fun. Uh, again, 1999. Keeps kids quiet in the back of the car. <laughs> Well, I felt horrible the first time I babysat one and it died, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. But they've changed that because there were a lot of parents like you who got who got upset with that. And then something for kids to, you know, sort of role play and make believe. The Disney princess played a Maximus. Maximus is the, is the horse from Tangled. And this horse stands, I don't know, I don't know how many hands high it is. That's how you measure horses. But it's, it's actually a, up to a 70-pound child can ride on it, and you can hear him winning there. Uh, super fun. And then something perfect for radio. Uh, Ruckus FX. Uh, this is from Just Play. It's a handheld device. It fits right in your hand. And you, what you're going to do is punch, swipe, twist, and flick to create all kinds of different sound mixing that you can use to dance to create uh, music videos. Super fun. That's about forty nine ninety nine from Just Play. All right. Well, now we've got one that really gets us up and going. The Ziplinks High Fly set? That just sounds like, ah! Ziplinks is probably one of my favorite toys this year because I was a bad kid. Uh, and it, it basically, you, you take these links, and what you do is you, you load them by closing them up. They're powered by rubber bands. You link them together, and then you launch them by pushing a button. And they all fly up in the air all at once. It's super silly and super fun. And I call it a loud naughtiness because you're making a mess, but you're not really. We're talking about something that's very traditional. Hess trucks? The Hess truck. Since 1964, so I guess that's 58 years, the Hess truck has been up the holiday tradition. This year, what they've created is a flatbed truck with uh, with two hot rods. And it's got lights and sound. Uh, the pullback motors on the hot rods let them do wheelies. Uh, this is about... 40, $41.99. You can only find it online at theheskoytruck.com. Uh, and when they sell out, they're gone. It takes nine Energizer batteries, which come in it. So you can pull it out of the box and start playing right away. That's the best. Now, what about some of us older kids? We like to get something under the tree, too, that we might be able to do things with. Well, it depends on, on you know, what you like. I mean, for collectibles, there's always great stuff out there. The Squishmallows from Jazzwares. These are, these are soft, kind of foamy characters. There's, there's many, many of them to collect. One of the hottest things out there, they're about $5.99 to $39.99, and they're just 
really, really fun. I mean, one of the things that they're very calming for people to play with, uh, there's games like Exploding Kittens. Oh, and if you like playing Wordle from the New York Times and Hasbro games, there is now a home version of Wordle so you can play with your family across the table. Well, that that's something right up my alley. I like that idea. And again, we always have these dolls that are so that have be, that have come so far. Now one that is singing? Uh, there's lots of singing dolls out there. There's an there's an Elsa doll that sings. There's all kinds of different dolls there's out there. There's there's different ones that uh, that sing. And there's someone by the name of Lele? Yeah. Yes, that girl, oh, my gosh. She's great. She's from the, Nickel, the hit Nickelodeon TV show, That Girl Lele. And she's an avatar who comes to life, and she's got great music that goes with her. And also, speaking of TV, our one and only favorite, Peppa. Peppa's really coming up in the world. Peppa Pig has, has continues to be a huge seller. There's all kinds of different things. There's houses. There's characters. Peppa Pig, just for perspective, sells a billion dollars a year in merchandise alone. That's how popular she is. Wow. All right. Anything that we have left out? Because there are just so many. And a lot of these that you have on your website are not some that maybe we would be seeing in all, a lot of the advertising. That's true. I mean, we try to we try to find things that might not be, not you know, that might be interesting. But you definitely want to check out the uh, Magic Mixpiece Crystal Ball from, from Moose. That's sort of magical. And we've kind of found some great, Cyber Monday day deals on that one as well. It's about $80 retail. We found it for 60 in some places. So that's one if you see it, buy it. And my grandsons love them. Those Nerf things, oh boy. <laughs> the Nerf, the, the new blaster is has uh, uses both pump action and battery action. So you're doing all kinds of great stuff with that. It's really, it's really a great way to get out, be active and play, work off some of that holiday stress. Oh, yeah. And mom loves the idea of a six darts at once. Woohoo! <laughs> Picking it up is part of the play, but it's also, you know, it's nerfed, so it's soft, safe, fun. Well, Chris, thank you so much. And again, if you'll just let our listeners know where we where they can find all this great information besides you have podcasts, you have blogs, you have so much information. When I grow up, I want to be the toy gal. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, you can see us at thetoyguy.com. We try to keep it updated on where things are in stock to make shopping a little bit easier for you. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.